Lurking in the Shadows, my weekly market review, May 7th, 2023. Markets woke up on Monday morning to the news that First Republic Bank had finally been taken behind the woodshed and shot in what is now the new second largest bank failure in US history, snatching that dubious honor from Silicon Valley Bank, which now slips to the bronze medal position in that particular contest. First Republic was seized by the regulators and JP Morgan Chase won the takeover sweepstakes at the weekend. First Republic's shareholders and bondholders are getting completely wiped out, just as with Silicon Valley Bank and Signature Bank, while all of its $104 billion worth of deposits, whether insured or uninsured, are being protected and backstopped by JP Morgan, as is the way of things these days. JP Morgan and the Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation, FDIC, will share all the losses and any recoveries from the transaction. Markets churned sideways on Monday, with investors twiddling their thumbs in advance of Wednesday's Fed Day, before deciding on Tuesday that they maybe weren't going to like what they were going to hear the next day, as well as turning their attention away from the now-resolved First Republic saga onto other shaky regional banks. PacWest Corp, First Horizon and Western Alliance would seem to be the next problem, children. On Wednesday afternoon, the Federal Reserve followed expectations and approved another quarter of a point interest rate rise. The decision marked the Fed's 10th consecutive rate increase without a break, aimed at battling inflation and brings its benchmark federal funds rate up to a range of between 5% and and 5.25, the highest since Beyoncé warned us not to think that we were irreplaceable in 2007. In a hint, but notably not a commitment, that officials could pause rate increases after the latest move, they deleted a phrase from their previous policy statement that had said some additional increases might be appropriate. Instead, Fed officials said in their new statement, that they would now monitor economic and financial market developments on an ongoing basis and make interest rate decisions accordingly on a meeting-by-meeting schedule. We are no longer saying that we anticipate further rate increases, Fed Chair Jerome Powell said, calling that a meaningful change. He did, however, go out of his way to continue to push back against the idea of the imminent interest rate cuts that the market so strongly believes will happen later this year. He also reiterated in response to a question in the press conference the somewhat obvious notion that the Fed's 2% inflation target will not be satisfied by getting down to a 3% or 4% inflation rate. This more cautious-than-anticipated attitude and Powell's failure to formally anoint a pause in favour of data dependency, disappointed markets, which have been looking for a less nuanced and more celebratory announcement of the final death of interest rate hikes. And by the time the press conference ended, stocks had moved quite a bit lower. These concerns continued to trouble investors again on Thursday. But to all intents and purposes, the Fed has now met the first half of the hike, pause, pivot, cut script that has helped prop up stock markets for most of 2023 in the face of some really quite disturbing economic data. 
So with the Fed no longer applying pressure to the economy via higher rates, it makes economic growth now the absolute key to whether the next 10 to 15% move in stock prices is up or down. And it's the economic data that will tell us which way it's breaking. And it all started with Friday's US April jobs report. When it came out before the market opened, the report blew through all the estimates with a month-to-month increase in payrolls of 253,000 versus an average expectation of 185,000. And the previous month's revised increase of 165,000. The unemployment rate unexpectedly fell to a multi-decade low of 3.4%. A few months back, such a white-hot jobs report may have sent stocks crashing on fears of more aggressive Fed rate hiking. But the world is suddenly a different place, and now it provides reassurance that the economy still has momentum and is holding up remarkably well. Stocks responded by exploding higher during Friday's session, also propelled by the long-awaited return of a bit of BTFD after a long absence. But lurking in the shadows are the twin specters of a deteriorating regional bank situation and the possible debt ceiling shit show in Congress. US Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen raised the stakes in the debt ceiling game of chicken on Monday, saying that the US could be in default of its debt obligations within a month if lawmakers persisted with their infuriating and nonsensical partisan posturing. Not her exact words, but I'm pretty sure that's what she meant. And Jerome Powell echoed her concerns in his press conference on Wednesday, calling for an immediate no-drama increase in the debt ceiling. Bloomberg last week reported estimates that an actual U.S. debt default could lead to the permanent loss of millions of American jobs, crush the stock market by 45%, and collapse gross domestic product GDP by 6.1%. The director of U.S. national intelligence also warned that China and Russia would likely seek to exploit any default by sowing and spreading global doubt about the value of the U.S. dollar, as well as the U.S.'s world leadership role and the sustainability of domestic institutions. In other words, a debt default would be an absolute catastrophe for the United States that would endure long beyond 2023, and it is completely beyond belief that some in Congress seem willing to risk this to score petty political points.